Welcome to the Plant Rich Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? moon in Sagittarius low in the southern sky with its beautiful crescent the stars are burning brightly overhead I just saw the Starlink uh, satellite parade coming out of the northwest such an unnatural sight to see it looks like a dragon flying across the sky I've been walking the land this week and getting a lot of messages um, as we're leading into the Alban Elfid, the light on water, the uh, autumnal equinox. The veil is thin for me. We're coming into the time of balance and then tipping into the time of darkness. And I'm hearing so much on my land walks. One thing I heard really, really clearly this week that I said, oh, I don't think we should talk about this, but it kept coming again and again and again. And I said, are we sure we should talk about this? (laughs) I'm saying this to the sycamore that's, you know, in its third growing year here and about 12 feet tall and just so full of its own vigor and life and I'm asking, are you sure we should talk about this? (laughs) Sorry if you can hear Mac in the background. That's our year and a half old golden retriever puppy who's always at my feet and always making noises that I try to edit out of this podcast and sometimes I just don't get them all. (laughs) Um, But the message I got this week was that we have been sold, taught, indoctrinated with a really particularly dangerous lie. And that lie is the sentence that starts with, there's more to life than. And the way it came for me in the land walk was through phrases like, There's more to life than doing the dishes. There's more to life than cooking your food. There's more to life than raising your children. There's more to life than being in a relationship with a beloved other. There's more to life than keeping your house clean or keeping your gardens weeded or there's more to life than all of these things. And the the phrase hit me when I was watching a wren gathering my dog's hair for another nest, probably her third brood this year on the land. And I thought to myself, is there more to life for the wren than tending her nest? 
and raising her brood and catching insects for herself and her family and preening her feathers to keep the mites and the lice out and singing up the sun. Is there more to life than that? Or is that life? And am I better than Wren or different than Wren in some fundamental way that makes it so my life should be more than those things? Tending my beloveds, making sure we eat well, keeping our environment clean, singing up the sun. What if this belief that there's more to life than the menial tasks is actually the trap that takes us out of the only place where we can really experience contentment and pleasure and joy, which is in life itself, in all of its tiny little details. What if this lie actually makes me perfect prey for marketing campaigns that promise over and over to be the thing that's better than my mundane, boring life? The thing that will rescue me from the drudgery of the endless Sisyphean task of doing everyone's laundry. (laughs) What if this is the lie that has made us sell our soul to fast food chain restaurants and empty job promotions and fleeting love affairs that destroy relationships? What if this is a trap? And there isn't actually more to life than the mundane, everyday, menial tasks of living. What if entering into those daily, boring, drudgery-induced details of our lives is actually where the more lives. It seems to me that that's something that mystics have understood and monastic people, uh, cloistered monastics have understood They've kept their life really focused on the mundane, on tedious, menial tasks, because those tasks, when we are present and prayerful in the action of those tasks, actually open a door to the transcendent. When we are really here and present and in the tasks. So there's the mystical side of it, but there's also the just plain practical truth of it. Life 
does not work if we don't take care of it. If we don't tend to the daily mundane tasks of our lives, our lives do not work. We don't have food. We don't have clean clothes. We don't have a clean home. We don't have well-fed, well-cared-for children. We don't have animals that are cared for. Life does not work without the tedious day-to-day maintenance of a life. But we've gotten into this mindset of needing to automate everything, needing to hire people to do these things for us, in a sense that we're above this. We're above cleaning, we're above cooking, we're above childcare. We are meant for greater things. And what are those greater things exactly? What do we do with our liberated time from, that we have from outsourcing the menial details of a life? What do we do with the time we get back from going through the drive through What do we do with the time we get back from just mowing a lawn instead of tending a garden? What do we do with the time that we get back when we take our kids to lots and lots of activities rather than give them our one-on-one attention? What, what does that time give us back? that is so much more than what we would get from actually attending to the life that is ours. Well, I've done both. I've lived a life where I was reaching for the more that my life was promised to me to um, be my birthright, the more that would come after the menial tasks. I climbed the promotion ladder that was the more. I earned the money that was the more. I belonged to the clubs and went on the trips. And I can tell you what I got in exchange for all of that. All of the time I had back from paying people to do my childcare and cook my meals and mow my lawn. What I got was a stomach ulcer, (laughs) colon inflammation, three anti-anxiety prescriptions, prescriptions for migraine, chronic insomnia, I also got a nice paycheck and lots of clout and prestige, but no real friends. The connections I made in that environment were strategic. There was no depth there. So these days, I spend my time preparing meals, mopping the floor, 
removing the sedge grass from all of the places it wants to grow, spreading yarrow seed heads throughout the garden, teaching my kids, tending our pets, staring at the sky, reading novels, recording podcast episodes. My life is focused around the menial, the tedious, the repetitive. And through those tasks, the door opens for me into real presence. There's a neighbor across the way making a repetitive banging sound, which goes along with my repetitive (laughs) task uh, comment. And of course, Mac is very concerned about this. And, you know, for some people, just as it's been through all time, some people are destined for something outside of a small life. Some people are destined for greatness, to be leaders and heroes. But not all of us. (laughs) And this lie that's hooked us has made us believe that each and every one of us somehow is meant to be the one destined for greatness, destined for fame, destined for riches. And that has trapped us in discontent, boredom, resentment, entitlement. For me, it has been a liberating reframing to allow my simple life to be the great and beautiful gift that it is. Um, As I said that, an extremely fast-moving blur of light went across my field of vision. Um, I'm assuming it was an owl (laughs) reflecting the light from the house. Um, It was really unsettling and kind of jarring because it was pretty close to me and moving really quickly and completely silently. We've had quite a few owls around here lately, um, barred owls. They've been calling back and forth to each other at night and I found one of their feathers in the yard just the other day. So I'm guessing perhaps we just had a visit from barred owl. But these kinds of relationships where I, I can see and know the animals that are coming and going from our place. I can see and know the struggles that are going on for my kids. I can see and know the challenges that my partner is facing. I can see and know what's going on in my home. If there's maintenance that needs done, if something is failing or not, not looking right. Um, 
These things are beautiful gifts that I had forsaken for the idea that my life meant more than that. And I'm not suggesting we settle for mediocrity in some toxic way, or we settle in toxic relationships, or that we settle for low wages when we deserve to make more, or, you know, there are times when we need to push for what we are worth and we need to have ambition. And there are times when we need to really just let our life be what life is for all beings on this planet. Life is about having the right food to eat, access to water and breathable air, shelter, mating opportunities, community, And I think beauty and joy and playfulness. I watch the wildlife around here enough to know that they value those things. The way the wren builds her nest is beautiful. The way the cardinal preens his feathers when he's in the height of mating season is beautiful. Like beauty is something that everything here is striving for. The way that the fawn frolics through our yard every year, kicking his little legs up in the air, getting zoomies like the dogs and the cats do. Play is central to all beings that are alive here. These are the things our lives are for. Everything here, their lives are for these things. Why should we be any different? Why should we forsake the fundamental parts of life that every being we share kinship with is engaged in? And for what purpose? So I don't know how this is landing for you, my dear listener. I warned the sycamore that this may not be a message that goes over well in this culture. <laughs> and the land insisted that my kin, that are human, needed the reminder that the life you have is beautiful. That tending your space and preparing your meals and devoting yourself to the health of your loved ones is what it's all about. And to be aware of the messages that it should be more than that. Because at the end of our lives, looking back, those are the things that are going to have mattered. How present we were for the small moments in our lives. because they're all we have. They are all that are guaranteed to us, these small moments of our everyday lives. I know already 
that even though I get tired of putting Torin's laundry away, that's my almost eight-year-old, there will be a day where I won't touch his clothes anymore. That he will be his own person out in the world doing his own laundry. I already don't touch my daughter's clothes anymore. And so on the days where I still fold his laundry, I cherish knowing that I get to care for him in that way now. May we receive Sycamore's invitation to sink our roots more deeply into the life we find ourselves in, in all of its tedious, mundane detail, and in our loving, grateful presence, may each moment open to us a world of mystical oneness and belonging and transcendence so that within us we can hold it all together, the smallness and the vastness of a human life. If you would like to support the podcast, you can find a link at plantwitchpodcast.com or you can go directly to Patreon at patreon.com slash the rebel herbalist. We welcome your financial support and we also welcome your participation in this vibrant community of humans who are working together to rejoin the web of life. The audio that you hear for the intro and outro of this podcast is the song Vikings by Alan Gray. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. Thank you for joining me, and it's time to come back to life. Mm-hmm.